Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker. Every couple of years, the GOP realizes they don't have any power, but then they realize that they can use the artificial debt ceiling construct as a means to extract pretty much any concession they want from the Democrats. The Democrats appear too stupid or unwilling or are purposely going along with this con because, as I'll remind you, the Democratic Party controls the House of Representatives, 220 to 12, with three vacancies, the Senate, 50-50, where Kotmala breaks any ties, as well as the Senate Parliamentarian, which apparently has all the power in the world right now, and, of course, Joe Biden with the presidency. The debt ceiling is a concept literally created to enable the theater of concessions between the two parties. There's no legal or useful reason for it to exist. Congress enacted laws that have a fixed cost, and the debt ceiling is this manufactured gate on whether the U.S. government can pay for stuff that has already been passed by Congress. There's no reason for it to exist. It's all theater, and it always has been. We're going to start with a trip down memory lane. Do you remember when the Democrats held Trump shit hostage using the debt ceiling? No, I actually remember when the Democrats voted for the debt ceiling hike. Because Democrats are so smart, they say stuff like, if they, if we just help them, then they'll help us. And then every couple of years, it's like, oh no, Lucy, don't pull the football away. I promise, Democrats, we won't do it again to you. When was the first crisis? 2014? Is that the first time we shut down? 13? The debt ceiling has existed for like 60 years or something, but I'm not aware of the theater around it until maybe the last 10 years. 2013, they shut it down. That, w- that was the shutdown. Yes. Where they like didn't have planes flying and sequestration. Yeah. I would have probably shut the government down and then fired all of Bush's and Trump's appointed people that got jobs. Mark everybody that you want to terminate as non-essential. Just yep. decree it and then... Just terminate them all. Because Trump did that. Remember with the USDA when they moved all the pork testing facilities to like Oklahoma or somewhere nuts? Remember that like the Bush lawyer that just fired like a thousand lawyers or something weird? They're like, oh, we didn't know it was illegal. Uh-oh. Here's a memo. Says it's legal. Oh, okay, cool. We got John Woo to write a memo, so it's fine. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. John Woo, torture's cool. Torture's Remember fine, that? yeah. He's a torture <clears throat> you guy. You can fire lawyers as well or some shit. I don't know. He, yeah. guy doesn't matter. I, I don't know. The Democrats seem to always blink. Like, they're, they're like, brinkmanship is, like, I don't know. It's as if they want to lose. So why do the Dems always cave? Because the Dems have never actually used the debt ceiling as any mechanism to extract concessions from the GOP. The Democrats don't do anything. Again, it's this weird area they live in where if they do the right thing, like a Spike Lee movie, then the population's going to get behind them and chant their names, Pelosi, Pelosi, Schumer, Schumer, and like just protect them and love them. But what it comes down to is like most people don't give a shit because they're too busy surviving. How many people give a shit about the debt ceiling? Well, there's there's two of us. We don't care, though. We don't. I don't care. I don't give shut a it shit down. at all. Blink, bitch. I don't, I don't care like, at all. Blink. It's going to hurt capitalism more than it's going to hurt us. In the short term, it may be detrimental to some of the workers. Imagine if the FAA had to shut down. It would be a complete shit show. And, like, that happened in 2013 for, like, a day or two, right? It's illegal for you to fly without the TSA. You have to have security theater in order to fly. I would love for them to not blink, shut it down, and then make all the Border Patrol agents work without overtime. Declare, like, classes of employees that you hate essential. They made air traffic controllers work without fucking pay for, like, a shitload of time. And all of air travel is just a corporate handout anyway, so there's that detail to it as well. 
It is, right? It's just like trains were. FedEx needs a depot in the middle of the country, so everything is built around Memphis. Just some shithole hub in the middle of nowhere that no one gives a shit about. FedEx just has a hub in Memphis, so FedEx was like, hey, FAA, let's design all the national airspace system around being efficient in and out of Memphis. And the FAA was like, well, we're regulatory captured, so that sounds great. (laughs) Everybody on the board works at corporate America. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So the debt ceiling exists as an artificial, basically, media charade that both parties actively participate in because it creates the scenario where you can do the good cop, bad cop, and both parties come out being able to point fingers at the other. General population doesn't give a shit about any of it, arguably, so I don't really even know why they do it, but I guess it just kind of sucks the air out of any other media story, I guess. So for the worker, let's circle back to the name of this this podcast, Worker Movement. How does it hurt the worker in this in this scenario or to help it or does it not even matter for most most people in general the debt ceiling does not in any way shape or form affect anybody unless dumb shit happens like an actual government shutdown in which people are not like paid to work for weeks months at a time that's a terrible outcome for the working class and there's really no scenario in which that should be a permissible outcome if you actually care about the working class. So in 2013, when it happened, for example, the fact that Obama didn't like forcibly just be like, fuck this shit, we're not in any way, shape or form sending aircraft controllers to work without them getting paid is just fucking wild to me. Well, I mean, we know why, right? We absolutely know why. He's a fucking neoliberal who doesn't care. He doesn't care. I think that's the important part. Because he doesn't care about the worker, he let capital still exist, still move on while fucking over the hard-working federal workers. Like, the essential workers were the people that got fucked over. Does that seem similar to maybe something that's going on right now in COVID land? Are you telling me the similarities in how capital works? Shocking, I know. That persists over long periods of time without fundamental changes. It's, a, it's as if it's a cycle that they know how to abuse. They do it all the time, and people don't have the energy to care all day long. They just don't. Well, it's completely unactionable as a worker. Like, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. And that's why we say you should work actively local. If Obama cared, if Pelosi cared, if Manchin cared, if any of these ghouls cared about the working class, there are alternates to the debt ceiling debacle. Really? Like what? My favorite is having Biden, as the leader of the executive branch, commission the printing of some arbitrarily valued monetary object. You could call it a trillion dollar coin. Doesn't matter. You just tell the treasury that this is money and they have to accept it. And this is a thing that Biden could just do, that Obama could just do. It's power vested in the executive branch. There's also Amendment 14, Article 4 of the Constitution that says the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned. So Congress already passed the bills that require spending, so they exist. There's no debt ceiling to raise. The debt ceiling is probably not even a constitutional thing. But again, it doesn't exist based on any legal premise. It exists based on a PR or public perception charade. If Congress passed a bill and it says, I have to pay you as a contractor or an employee, and that debt is incurred, and they don't pay you because the government shuts down, what happens? Well, it's a contract, so I I can go sue in court, and they have to pay me, because the Constitution says that 
the debt shall not be questioned. In the trillion dollar coin example, the U.S. is just conjuring money out of thin air, which is what they do with fiat currency. Modern monetary policy is you just create money in the treasury, whether or not it's through treasury bills or coin, it doesn't matter. There's just money in circulation. Correct. And because you're literally issuing your own money as a government, money is imaginary. When the U.S. Treasury prints pennies, for example, they're literally just making money out of nothing. And they're making it out of zinc. But Well, it used to be the argument, right, that, oh, a penny's worth a penny, and so that's why it's it has an actual value to it. But that's not how it works with paper, because the paper doesn't have any actual intrinsic value. Literally paper. Yep. It used to be backed by gold, but it's not. It's just backed by, I guess, the U.S.'s desire to kill brown people in foreign countries. So the difference between Biden just printing more money and raising the debt ceiling is non-existent. Like, every day the Treasury gets a receipt or a bill that says, we need you to print money. They literally print it, but they also just increment a number in some database table somewhere, too. But if you want to think about it in terms of a physical thing, they are physically printing money on paper that has value, and that money did not exist earlier. So why don't they just make more money? They need to pay their debts, and they don't have the debt ceiling. And that is, in essence, then the trillion dollar coin. Correct. How long has that theory been out there? I think it's been around for a while. It's at least been talked about in relation to the debt ceiling for a long time. It's just like, oh, we're going to have a fail safe in case Congress can't get their act together and the institution is broken. What do we do? But the institution's working exactly as designed because it's creating this charade. I think that's what the workers take away from this, is that, again, our theory and what we're telling you is that the Republicans come in normally during the Republican hell times. They corrupt and they destroy. Something shocks the system. They take to take money from you. Again, we do live within a money society. They take your rights away. They take, they take from you as a worker. The Democrats come back in and they try to return you back to work by normalizing what the Republicans did, by giving you back a little bit, just a little bit. So Manchin says, oh, I won't do a $3.5 trillion bill, but I'll do a $1.5 trillion spending bill, so now states can get better roads. So you're happy, kind of. But really, if the Democrats wanted to truly make a difference they would have to do a very simple thing there's like three simple things they could do in any of which all of them work they can eliminate the filibuster then there's no more filibuster they could just pass whatever laws they want to senate in the house mansions against that so what do you do against mansion you just run millions of dollars in attack ads against him in his own district you make all the dreamers legal and they have to reside in west virginia through the next joe mansion election cycle we're going to keep saying that because that's the answer they can include it in uh, reconciliation, but what's the problem with reconciliation? Not the parliamentarian. Who who appoints a parliamentarian? Well, Chuck Schumer does, but I mean we can't get rid of that because you know she's a valued part of the Senate's made-up rules. So the parliamentarian we discussed before is a made-up person with a made-up position to do nothing besides basically do the will of the party leadership. So the reason why reconciliation doesn't work here is because... Schumer and Pelosi, they don't want it to work. That's the that's the takeaway here. Because if they did, what would they do? They would make dreamers legal in reconciliation and move them all to West Virginia. Yes, because they would fire parliamentarian. Why do both parties persistently engage in this legislative theater that the media gets all excited about that the markets react to? When all that's going to happen is instead of having the big bill, like you said, of 3.5 million or trillion or billion or whatever the fuck the number is. It's, it's an arbitrary amount of money that nobody can fathom. Instead of getting that arbitrary number, they're going to be a number that's arbitrarily less that makes everybody happy and everybody 
inconvenient and not getting what they want. So you can look back and like, oh, they came to a bipartisan deal, which is what people eating brunch and going to theater apparently enjoy. And the Republican base loves it because it looks like the Republicans won on this, where it looks like the Dems lost because the Dem number was bigger than what they got, and the Republican number was smaller than what's going to end up being. But they can say, oh, we own the libs because that's what they care about. If you are a construction company owner, if you own the company, or you own a large farm that has shitty roads, do you think you're going to benefit more or less from the $3.5 trillion investment in infrastructure versus your inflation costs? Arguably, the smaller bill that covers infrastructure is probably not that big of an increase over what the U.S. has spent on infrastructure in the last X number of years because we have a shitload of inflation right now. And they're painting this big number and it's going to be wonderful. And it's what it's like, well, who cares? My fucking road in front of my company is just total shit and the freeways are awful and semis can't get around and like spend some fucking money. Spend money because if I if I own a trucking company and I'm replacing tires at a faster rate, semi-tractor trailer tires are not cheap. And if you blow one out in the road and you have to pull over and you got to get towed, uh, that's downtime. And if you have downtime, that means you're not making money. So if your truck isn't moving, you're not making money. That's that's how it works. You pay over the road. And over the road value means every mile you run, you get paid for it. So if you're not running, you're not making money. If you are a construction crew, if the hammers are not swinging, you are not making money. So I don't see why any conservative donor would want this debt ceiling crisis to prevent infrastructure. Like, why would Coke Industries not want this? Right. They own a ton of industry stuff. Huge amounts of stuff. They want this bill. That's why they're not squawking. They stoked the fire when it was good for them, but now that it's chaos, they're like, yeah, we're done here. Like in any of the media portrayals, have you seen a good like industry-based capitalistic motive to not spend this money? No, I haven't seen any. There's no reason not to spend like a shitload of money on infrastructure. None. If you can imagine the injection of money that's going to go into local economies, one and a half trillion dollars or three and a half trillion dollars, it's going to be crazy. You won't even be able to source material fast enough to get these jobs done. Because it will be so much money already being spent on natural resources that like fundamentally don't exist. They don't exist. There is not enough heavy equipment and machinery out there to do $3.5 trillion worth of road work this year. If the goal was to just repave every highway, every interstate in the U.S. and like add a lane or something arbitrary like that, physically not enough cement, physically not enough steel, physically not enough equipment like you said. Like it, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There's not enough fucking slow down signs or orange barrels to do this amount of work. And because it's neoliberalism, everybody's outsourced. So the, the, the state doesn't actually own any of this. So they have to rely then on private industry. And if private industry is building skyscrapers for the Koch brothers, they're not building skyscrapers or building roads for the city, for the state. And what happened is there's only so many contractors out there that could actually handle this. So guess what? You either going to get shoddy jobs, shit material, or you got to wait. I'm not saying let's not do $3.5 trillion of infrastructure upgrades. I'm just saying it's actually fundamentally impossible to do $3.5 trillion of upgrades before the next administration comes in, which will cancel it. But somebody will get kickbacks along the way, so it's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. So if industry and corporations want to benefit from this infrastructure package, and I think by all accounts it would benefit corporations because the more you spend on infrastructure, the better it is for literally all corporations that use highways and roads and electricity and power and all that shit. So so the automotive industry has to build more vehicles. 
the John Deere's and the Caterpillar have to build more heavy equipment. All the suppliers would have to build more supply chain for Portland cement, tar, rock, gravel, all that shit. That'd have to be there. All the major suppliers of PPE, personal protective equipment, safety glasses, all that stuff, would have to make more stuff. All the people that make hammers, literal hammers, jackhammers, all that silly shit, generators to run on job sites like like your welding and stuff. Yep. All the surveyors that are out there to actually survey the land, they have to do stuff. All the grade like inspectors to make sure that the grade and pitches and the drains are all legally there, right? All the people that are running the tests to make sure that the concrete's hard enough. All the people out there making sure that you're not ripping them off. The auditors, the inspectors, everybody. Like all that has to be scaled up because it doesn't exist. Because the reason why the bill is so big is that right now infrastructure is is suffering. You have to scale it all back up. Governmental infrastructure has atrophied in the last 10, 20 years to the point that you can't just throw money at the problem. You have to actually scale industry, manpower, labor, planning. You cannot tear down and put back up an overpass safely in like a day. Oh, yeah, the, the bridges are crumbling. We got to fix the bridges. Thank you for saying that out loud. But now show me the actual plan to get it done. Where are you going to route traffic? Because if we just close the bridge, people will die because the ambulance can't get from one side to the other. The problem with all this theater is that nobody's going to know how to do it, and it's going to be nothing but wasted money. People are going to waste money on this because it's going to cost money to scale. We don't actually give a shit about the money. Like, oh, it's inefficient, and we're wasting money. Like, it's imaginary, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, no. But people are spending political capital to conjure this money, and then they're wasting it. Where do you get the rebar from? Well, you get it from China because we don't make steel in the U.S. anymore. All right, how many recycled cars are we going to send over there when China's trying to expand their middle class, too? It's going to be crazy and efficient. Like, where do you dump too much tar? You jump it on a native reservation, right? You find the nearest burial ground, and you do it there. Nobody cares about the debt ceiling. Nobody. Nobody in the general public does. Not your neighbor, not your cousins, not the person you order coffee from every day, not the person you cut off in line on the way to work or cut off at the interstate. Nobody cares. The only people that care are the DC pundits, as they call them, the bobbleheads, that really in tune guy at work that's for some reason always reading Fox News or CNN and then regurgitating the bullshit news out over everywhere. Nobody cares, though, in general. The problem, though, is that if the government shuts down, the workers are going to be hurt. And we know the Dems haven't cared about the workers in the past, and they don't care about the workers now. But if it shuts down, it's going to be another just basically nail in the coffin showing how much the Democratic Party just doesn't care. For future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement, join us at workermovement.com.